0: Welcome to Coaching with Catherine, the podcast on defining success on your own terms. My name is Katherine Levenhagen. Every Friday, you will get a new podcast on how to make life mean more and build a life you're proud to live. Hi everyone, welcome back to Coaching with Catherine. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Michelle Elson Rosa. Michelle and I met hiking the Appalachian Trail during the summer of 2016. We had both recently quit our corporate jobs in the accounting finance worlds to pursue our passion. Michelle and her husband Tony created MJER Help to do just this. MJER Help is a local and organic food service company created to provide healthy meals to busy families and professionals. Let's dive in now and talk to Michelle about how she left her high powered corporate finance career to start her own food service business. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show. Okay, Michelle, welcome. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here today and to talk with you. And for the viewers, uh, Michelle and I met on the Appalachian Trail back in July of 2016. And we both were going through significant career transitions at the time and had that Connection and we're around a similar age and we had a lot of bonding over the four days, uh, in, in the woods, um, on the Appalachian trail camping in a, um, a little fort structure and carrying all our food. And, uh, Michelle, I'm remembering that you were in culinary school at the time and maybe not fully expecting, um, the you know what we had in store for us on the appalachian trail
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes i had just finished um a quarter of 6 a.m to 6 p.m classes back to back and i was exhausted so probably not the best time to be you know carrying a 50 pound pack on the you know on, but um made it work
0: <laughs> so, yeah you you survived i was remembering that um Tony, Michelle's, and you all were married at the time, right? We were. So
1: this was our, like, anniversary um, trip. We had done, we hiked Machu Picchu for our our honeymoon. And so every year we do a hiking trip.
0: That's so cool um, that you all, like, have continued that tradition and have made it an annual thing.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, now we are living, I guess, a more close-to-nature, outdoorsy lifestyle, but um, I think it is really important to take trips that make you remember where you came from and what you enjoy doing together as a couple, um, even if it means, you know, crying the first day as you're, you know, <laughs> hiking out the mountain because you've never hiked with a 50-pound background before. But after the, after the first day in the shop, I think, of being exhausted, more off, like, I really enjoyed the rest of the, well, the rest of the trip. Yeah,
0: I just remember
1: Tony carrying
0: your backpack a part of the way up the first get,
1: trip. Like, it's horrible because I don't, I'm not afraid of heights, but I get horrific vertigo sometimes. Mm. So, the hiking on like a cliff edge or like getting up to the trail can make me really vertigo um, and so I think with carrying the pack and like some of the trails were really narrow, I was, you know, trying not to freak out internally. So, yes.
0: Totally. Yeah. And you were training in Chicago, which isn't exactly yeah. like. <laughs> doesn't okay. exactly,
1: exactly simulate the Appalachian Trail. Well, and it's funny because um, like I was so embarrassed about getting emotional the first day because. You know, going through this whole career change and being in culinary school and trying to train for a trip but doing it in flat ground and not feeling 100% um, physically that first day is something that I have never experienced before. Um, But I think it's just part of this whole new journey that I'm on of just being, being more honest, you know, that it's okay to get upset sometimes it's okay to let down your garden in front of
0: strangers uh, because you know, those things happen. From back then. Yeah. So it sounds like that kind of broke you into, I mean, that started this, this journey off in a very like, yeah, real way in terms of it being a, that emotional break. I'm sure I I'm imagining that's not the only time that that's happened on this journey that you've been on the last two years.
1: Um. It's really interesting. I don't know if it's just a function of being a woman who's moving into her you know, mid-30s in a different chapter of life or if it is um, making a career change that was such a departure from my previous career, but just really kind of for the first time in my life, just owning, like, I like who I am and I like my fans. Um, I'm comfortable not getting this, like, perfect facade to the world every time, or every moment of every day. And just saying, you know, take me kind of who I, who I, as I am. I'm taking myself as I am. And, um, it's a very free way to interact <laughs> with both myself and the, you know, and other people. Um, because it's created a lot less anxiety than I used to have and just a lot less pressure than I used to
0: put on myself on a daily basis. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And it does sound like it's very liberating.
1: It is. I mean, I think I grew up in a very structured household. We were always doing very competitive sports. My parents are highly successful people. And there was always this, um, I don't know if it was pressure, but just like an expectation of giving a very perfect, um, oh, you know, always being your best and always coming across very well-spoken and very put together to the outside world and, you know, always giving 120%. And that, it's just not sustainable for every day of your life and especially making a big career change and doing a lot of self-assessments of what I really wanted to get out of life. um, It's just really nice just to say, like, you know, today I'm functioning at 75% take it or leave it. Um, I definitely I have a lot more fun now. And I actually can be more mindful about enjoying every moment because I'm not just focused on, you know, how people are perceiving you. Am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And so I wish I would have learned this lesson a lot sooner. But I guess it's better learning at 35
0: than at 80. Yeah, you're thankful that you get to have this second chapter, third, whatever chapter this is that you're in in your life, that you have it now.
1: Yes, and I think it's something, um, it takes a lot of courage to pursue your dreams. And maybe for a lot of people, I don't think it does take courage because I look at so many people I know um and that you know took the leap to be an entrepreneur several years ago and you know I think to myself like you know what did they have that I didn't back then but it makes me appreciate them so much more that they were courageous to really follow their dreams at an earlier phase in their life. Um because I don't think it does come as easily for everyone.
0: Yeah and since our viewers don't know your story um tell tell me a little bit about like, you know, your your career prior to what you're doing now and what led to where you are now.
1: Sure. So um I was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, and I left to go to college at Washington, St. Louis um I when I graduated high school in 2000. Um I majored in finance and political science and you know was very uh, career-oriented and very academically inclined, and so I was, you know, gung-ho about either doing management consulting or investment banking coming out of undergrad, which is a very narrow <laughs> view of the world. Um, but I did three years in management consulting and lived in London for a year and was based out of Chicago, and then I transitioned into a career in the hedge fund industry as an investment analyst. For the next um, almost eleven years of my career, Um, and I was always kind of a person that was like on the path. I guess you could say of um, you know wanting to be really successful and you know travel internationally for work and be exposed to a lot of different things and make a lot of money. And I truly loved what I did, but over time I became less and less fulfilled by my career and the money wasn't really enough of a motivation for me
0: to continue to stick with it. So, yeah, cause, cause what I'm hearing you say, um, and you just said this is that there, at a, there was a time that you really did enjoy it and you did, you actually did want those things like the travel and the money. And then it sounds like something shifted and that was no longer, um, imp- as important to you.
1: I mean, I don't think it's that unique for people who were working in finance um, during the financial crisis and then after, but I guess maybe what I chose to do with it is a little bit different. So essentially, um, you know, my whole life until my late 20s when the financial crisis happened had been success after success, like no major setbacks, Um, kind of, for lack of a better word, like always getting what I wanted or always being able to achieve what I set out as a goal. And so during the financial crisis, I was working at a hedge fund in downtown Chicago at the end of 2008. Part of our firm that was in a different country had exposure to NATO. So needless to say, you know, the firm had to, you know, let a lot of people go. So I lost my job at the end of, um 2008, I was, you know, incredibly lucky because they gave me an incredibly generous severance and, you know, even paid my health care for an entire year. Um, but, it, you know, it was a time that it was the biggest shock that had ever happened to me in my life because, you know, I you know, I was the only one who got laid off, but it was the first time that something like that had happened to me. And so it really kind of shook me to the core. And then it was, I mean, just basically incredibly difficult to find, uh, you know, an investment analyst job at, in the finance industry at the beginning of 2009. So it led to a lot of soul searching. And I ended up, um, my lease came up, you know, a few months later. They, did a, they gave me a hard time about going, month, you know, month to month to rent. I didn't want to pay or get into another contract and a job. So my parents said, you know, why don't you just come back to Omaha for a few months and unwind, you know, you've been so stressed out, Um, you can still fly back to Chicago easily to interview for jobs, and, you know, reconnect with your friends and, you know, spend time outside and, you know, see your family. And it was really, I guess, like a pivotal thing for me because in my mind, you know, moving back to Omaha without a job was like the definition of what I always have considered failing, but it was amazing, you know, I got to see my friends, I, you know, very quickly reconnected with the guy I got into high school with that became my husband, um, and I started to, one, really fall back in love with being in Omaha, but two, just really started, you know, seeing things differently then. No one thought I was a failure because I had gotten laid off, like, You know that I was having fun and that I was being more of, I guess, to use like a popularly used phrase, like I was being more like my authentic self, and it felt really wonderful. And um, you know, I was kind of bored, and I'm like a person that doesn't do well, you know, sitting around all day. So there is an amazing uh, jewelry store in Omaha called Shines. and it's across the street from my family's house and they're owned by Berkshire Hathaway and they have like the most amazing stuff and my friends growing up, you know, owned the jewelry store before they sold a Berkshire and so I got a job there and, you know, selling watches and jewelry and I just had so much fun. Like I love, um, I love, you know, gemstones. I love jewelry. I love selling. I love, you know, hel- helping people find something that's going to be, a celebration, like that's when you're buying expensive jewelry. And it really made me start thinking, you know, maybe I could do something different. I've always wanted to do something more creative. I've always loved to cook. Um, I'm really enjoying, you know, talking to people and not just being stuck behind a desk all the time. Um, You know, but in the back of my mind, um, the only way I was going to feel truly like myself again was going to be getting a job back in another investment. Back in Chicago because I really you know wanted to quote unquote like get back to where I was before the banking crisis um so a few months later I did get a job back in Chicago um, but um you know eight months into the new job there was you know our firm acquired another firm you know six months after that everyone on my team got laid off but me um four months after that you know it was very clear that The new people running the team were going to promote all of their own people before hiring, you know, the people from the old company. So stressful and so, like, I had so much anxiety because I'm a person who always wants to be very financially stable and, like, wants to be in control of my destiny. And I thought that the financial crisis was going to be the hardest thing that I ever had to deal with. You know, it was really just the beginning of the aftermath of the financial crisis and what it meant for financial services companies. Um, And so that I was really lucky that I was given an opportunity to join back up with some guys that I worked with um, before the financial crisis at a, like a a bank that was really starting a new hedge fund team. And so I went to work there for the next three years and I still loved what I did, but it was, you know, kind of the same thing. It was, you know, every six months to a year, there was, you know, a sizable change on the team as this team was starting to form and, um, you know, new people were joining and things were always changing. And I mean, that's just part of the way financial services works, but it was, you know, making me realize that like, I'm just not as passionate about this as I used to be. And I just don't know if I have, you know, 20 more years of this in my system of, all of the politics and the changes and, you know, not just being focused on the work. And so um, basically my husband, so the guy I started dating when I was back in Omaha became my husband and he always worked in the food industry. You know, he started cooking after high school and worked his way into hotel and restaurant management. And we always talked about doing something together about how we, you know, would start a restaurant or start, you know, Just something, you know, run away and start a taco truck in Mexico. Who knows? You know, but we would do something together. Um, And we decided to get married in Omaha. And we wanted to show Omaha to our friends and show them the romance of, you know, blue skies and cornfields and local food and, you know, all the stuff that we loved about home. And we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't find a farm to get married on. We couldn't find someone to do organic or vegan catering for us. Um, and it was really this aha moment of, you know, we always wanted to do something together. Like we are outside people. We don't really want to be in the city anymore. So why don't we take a leap and do it? And so shortly after we got married, I quit my job. I went to culinary school in Chicago. And then a year and a half ago we moved back to Omaha to first become known as the organic and local food cater in town. Um, and then eventually, you know, to buy a farm to do bodies and
0: in other big parties. It's so amazing. like I mean i've I had heard your story, you know, on the Appalachian Trail, most of it, and then hearing it again, it's just like, wow, like the the courage that I'm imagining it must have taken for you to leave you know this career that you had invested so much time in and pursue something totally different.
1: Well, I guess, so, okay, I guess there's two anecdotes that I didn't think of, I didn't think of, but now you bringing that up kind of make me think, and they're like pivotal things that probably are what kind of pushed me over the edge. So first and foremost, I never thought I'd be a person who would work in corporate America my entire life. When I graduated from ArchU, it was sort of like, you know, do you teach for America or go get a corporate job so that you know, in 10 or 15 years, you can do something and have the skills to really help people. So my goal was always to do something that was centered towards serving others. But I think maybe I got lost for a few years of how long, you know, how much experience do I need to be able to take the dive and do something on my own? Um, but basically, two things happened. Like, not that far before I quit my job that really kind of set me over the edge. So the first was, you know, Chicago was incredibly icy and cold during the winter and snowy. And three three years ago there was a horrible it was a horrible winter. And I was I that it was a Friday, you know, earlier that day I literally had gotten the biggest bonus of my career. And like I gotten, you know, the best rating of of everyone and a big bonus. And it was like, you know, amazing. And then later that night, getting out of a cab, I literally like slipped on ice and like fell and had to get 18 stitches in my face. (laughs) And so (laughs) and and so I mean, you know, the next week I was back at work and I was, you know, presenting in front of 200 people and I was making jokes about it. You know, I had like band-aids on my face and you know, my face for the most part, like I just have a little scar left, but everyone was like, oh my God, like, you know, isn't this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Like, you know, like to ruin your face, your beautiful face, like what, you know, what's going on? And I was like, you know, I've been feeling so much worse on the inside for the past however many years with all of this junk going on with the post-financial
0: crisis world that, like,
1: what happened to my face is nothing. Like, I I didn't even, like, blink about it. I was like, this is no big deal. Like, it's going to heal and it's going to be fine. And, like, so it was kind of bizarre to have this, like, what I've been trying to tell you about how I've been feeling on the inside for so long is, like, now on my face. But, like, the two just don't even compare. So it made me really realize that I was pretty over my job at that point. And then, like a month, like a month or two later, I was part of this, you know, amazing charity organization that was industry focused that raised, you know, millions of dollars a year for local um, women and children-focused charities in Chicago. And like every month, we would have these meetings, and people from the different organizations that were beneficiaries sure would we speak about how, you know, what their circumstances were and how their lives had been changed by the, you know, the donations that we were um, procuring for their agencies. And it was, you know, it was always heartbreaking and it always made you so much more motivated to work harder so that you can help people. And I was coming back from the meeting and it was a gorgeous day in Chicago, the first nice day of April or late March. And, you know, I get back to the office and like just flying high, like, you know, this is what my life is meant to be. It's about helping others and doing what I've learned and taking the advantages that I've been given to help other people. And, you know, I just kind of immediately went into, like, another meeting that got really nasty, you know, because um, I was having some difficulties with some of the guys I was working with at the time. And I just, like, you know, I just focused a it. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> you know? And I, you know, just kind of, you know, really kind of said, I'm done. And kind of never looked back from that point. But I think, I think the biggest lesson to learn is that sometimes you have to be pushed to make the choices you're meant to make. Um, like it's easy to coast, it's easy just to say, I'll make a change next year. Sometimes, that, like, sometimes you really have to be forced out of your comfort zone to the point where you have to confront yourself to say, this isn't what I want with my life and I really need to get going with what I'm actually meant to be doing.
0: Yeah. Cause even when you were talking about like getting laid off, um, before you got that, the second job, it, it was like, I was wondering if that hadn't have happened, would you be where you are today? Cause it sounds like that really forced you to evaluate things and do some self-reflection and, you know, really yeah. look at your life.
1: Well, I think like, at the time, I definitely did not see any of these things as a gift. But, you know, like, it was sort of like this is gonna be the biggest stumbling like stumbling block to get through, and then we'll get back to the way things were. But they've ended up being the biggest gifts I was ever given because um I'm not a person who defines success by money solely, and yes, I like to be I like the security of money. I like to be able to travel. I like to be able to um, eat good food. But, like, I'm not a person who is solely motivated by money. And so I think when these really challenging things happen to you, you really have to say, like, who am I outside of my job? Or, like, who am I outside of where I went to college? And, like, how do I relate to people now that I'm not in the same capacity? And I found very quickly that a lot of people that I thought were some of my best friends at the time weren't my friends at all. You know, like the second that the posh job went away or the connections went away or that you couldn't, you know, just fly, you know, go on crazy trips and stuff. Like literally overnight they became not my friends or they just weren't supportive of me when you needed them. Um, and it was just a really eye-opening experience for me about what my core values were, and what was important to me, and like really just not caring what other people thought, and th- that, you know, the reality is in the back of my mind, I always knew that certain things were changed, that certain people wouldn't be in my life, and when you see that come to fruition, it really makes you... Um. Say I'm. I'm just gonna do what I want from now on because you know it doesn't really matter what other people think, anyways.
0: Yeah, it just validated like your commitment to honor, like being true to yourself and following through with with what you wanted to do, um, because you knew those people weren't gonna be there anyway.
1: Yeah, and I think. I mean, I think being in your or at least for me, like being in my 20s was like, it's like very different than what now being in my mid 30s is. And I think that, I mean, maybe it's for a lot of people, maybe it's just for me, but I used to care a lot more about, you know, being in, having a group, like having, um, what I thought at the time was the right support system. And we all need deep support systems in our lives. We all need deep family support in our lives. Um, And everything that I've gone through, or everything that I've experienced, has, at the end of the day, created such better relationships between my family and myself, and like the people that are were my friends and are still my friends, or have become my friends. Like they're the deep, meaningful friendships that will last a lifetime, and those are the always the types of friendships I wanted. But I think you know, in your twenties or after college. Um and it's hard, it's painful to part ways with friendships, but I think, you know, some friendships and relationships um aren't meant to last and it's okay to acknowledge that and move on, you know, peacefully, but move on.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like um what you've realized is like the people that are, you know, true friends and, and family, like they weather the storms with you, no matter what it is that you go through, it actually strengthens the relationships with
1: those people. I, I mean, you don't really know what your relationships made of until there's, you know, a blip in the road or something happens. And um, I think you're totally right. And I, like, I know this. Maybe I, it sounds crazy, but like, I feel like I don't. even, I didn't even know what. Real friendship and like real love and like real family support was until I went through these things because when things are great you don't have to you don't have to dig deep, but when you're doing something unconventional or when you're contemplating like a big change or when things you know don't look as bright and shiny from the outside as they used to, um you just find like a deeper sense of wife um, and it's just it's just been amazing like the change in my relationship with my parents is like profound um, and the change in my relationship with my sister is profound and you know most of my best friends from before are still my best friends, but those relationships are even stronger than they were before
0: yeah, like the weathering the the changes actually grew you closer together with with certain people, but I'm also hearing that there's certain people that the relationship ended.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think most people don't have enough time in their day to, like, you know, you have to be selective of who you're giving your energy Mm -hmm. to and who you're really, um, like, getting in deep with. Like, I have a new kind of phrase now that, like, for 90% of people, like, I just want to keep things, like, light and bright. Like, I don't need to get into, like, the box of everyone's <laughs> But, like, with a smaller number of people, like, you really do get in deep. And I think the funniest, I mean, it's not really funny, but I, th- I think it's funny, a funny story. So when I was in culinary school, I decided to work for a catering company that did big society events, that catered the James Beard Awards that did just like incredible events. And they lived, um, like I could walk there. So our, where we live in Chicago is literally across the street from both the culinary school and catering company. And I decided to work at this company because the the founder's son, you know, his wife worked at, at Bing and he was also highly educated and very intelligent. And he like got my background and like got where I was coming from and where I was transitioning and Always had an open door policy if I had questions for him. And it was just like an awesome supportive environment. And kitchens are hard, are hard. And so I'm so thankful for this catering company. But I was totally freaked out about working events because, you know, like I knew at some point I was going to run into people that I knew. And like, what would they think about me wearing chef's clothes? And what would they think about me serving them food? And I was just terrified. Um, or terrified is not the right word, but I I thought I'd be embarrassed, you know, Um, just because it is a huge change, and you know, for lack of, you know, for good or bad, people judge you based on kind of your station in life sometimes. Um, and so it wasn't until like eight or nine months later that I was working a wedding where I was quote unquote friends with a lot of the people attending, and I didn't know. It was one of their other friends who was getting married. And so it was like 10 or 15 people I knew. And like literally after that night, like three of them never spoke to me again. Like took me off their Christmas card list. Like, you know, unfriended me basically. And I thought it was hysterical because like, you know, eight or nine months before, I would have been like in a puddle of tears, like on the ground, like beside myself, but I was just like, you know, my goal and our goal is to buy a farm and like do events and grow food and, you know, have all this amazing stuff. And if I don't learn how to do it from the ground up, like I'm not going to be successful. And so it was just sort of like, you learn everything you need to know about people in a blink of an eye.
0: Yeah. And it, it sounds like you were like really stepping into what was true for you and like Like I'm hearing at least that it sounded, it sounds like you were kind of at the point where you were, you were willing to let go of that, like what people thought, like for the sake of what you wanted.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting, especially, I don't know if it's like a food thing or if it's a service industry thing, but some people that are really into food, you know, like they love chefs and they love talking to chefs and they realize that they could have come from any background and like are very just, you know, it's another profession, it's the same thing. And then other people are very, like, uppity or judgmental kind of about, you know, I'm doing the eating and you're doing the serving type of thing. Um, but the funniest <laughs> the thing is, it's like, some of the people that have had the most high integrity and good values and totally are have it all going on for themselves or the people that I met at the catering job and, and other kitchens I've worked in. And so I don't know if it's like the jokes on the people that are being jerks. Um, but you know, it, it's it's definitely shifted. Like I'd rather be hanging out with the people in the kitchen than the people I'm serving. So I think it's just like, not opened my eyes, but you know, like I, I've always wanted to be around good people that have good core values and are family oriented and so you find them everywhere and I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about about what we're doing because I can live in both worlds very easily um but not everyone gets to do that so like now if we go out to dinner with friends and they're mean to the staff or rude um it's just like a really good indication that we're we're probably not gonna be friends you know much
0: longer yeah you can you can kind of weed out your your friends pretty quickly
1: yeah or you can just weed out you know people that are good caring humble people um by some very you know simple things basic things yeah
0: yeah i've always kind of felt that if the way you treat like wait staff at a restaurant or you know cleaning people like that that is a is like a good indication of your character
1: yes and character and integrity are extremely important to me um and they always have been and i don't think i ever really stopped living my values inside but i had come to a place where i was very detached from my intuition in my previous career and i had you know, for a long time kind of reconciled that my personal values and personal life could be different from the business world and business values um, because they were two different things a lot of the time. Um, now that I, I – and I never – I mean, not from the perspective of like ever doing anything remotely, you know, without integrity outward, but just being more accepting of other people's behavior or the other – people's culture, um, at work. And I just, you know, part of the reason I quit was because I got point with, like, you know, I have to live one truth. I have to be the same person and hold people to the same standards in every aspect of my life. And I need to feel like I can be my true self in every aspect of my life. Um, because I spend so much time at work that why would I want to live the rest of my life? Not being who I really am on majority
0: that's so powerful what you're saying i you know, and I think that i i I think there's a lot of people that struggle with that exact thing and what you're talking about at least what I'm hearing is like you know there was a period where you kind of were able to reconcile like okay, I'm honoring my personal values, and the work atmosphere isn't really aligned with it, but you were it's able to compartmentalize.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I think we're ta- like, you know, my family, we were taught to be extremely industrious workers. You know, like it is like total Midwestern work ethic. You know, you know, we grew up playing sports and always did team oriented things. We were always in charge of tons of activities and involved in tons of things. And like that just continues on in your work life. Um, but, I mean, in the workplace, people act differently than your – you know, like, they don't always act the way you want them to. Yeah, and so I think it's part of being a good worker and, like, a good, productive member of society in the business world. A lot of people kind of check their – you know, you say – you you don't say things that you would – want to say or you don't um, – stand up for yourself as much as you would want to. And I think I think the business world is changing. And I think our generation is more um, of like the triple bottom line generation um, or that we're starting companies that are more ethically oriented or just ethically sustainability focused. Um, and I think values driven, just values driven. Yeah. I, I mean, our, my company that we started, you know, we are a values driven organization and we stand by our values. Um, and I think that is becoming, I think there will be humongous changes in the next, you know, 30, 50, 100 years beyond that. Um, but I think it's like we came up in an age where, we were living more by our parents' values in the workplace than maybe our own. Um, and, I mean, like, I was raised as a woman. Like, you can do whatever you want. And, like, you know, you can, like, it, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you can't work in a male-dominated industry and can't, you know, do everything. Um, and so I, always, you know, in my life now, like, I've always, you know, every person to me has always been treated the same. Um, And so I guess it's just like living, you know, living your values and then starting companies that support your own values.
0: Yeah, where you can express freely kind of who you are, because it sounds like in, in your previous environment, you weren't like necessarily violating or going against entirely your values, but it doesn't sound like you really felt comfortable to like be your most authentic self.
1: Yes. And like they, you know, and it happens in a lot of corporate environments where the older you get as the woman, especially when you're moving into being married and being in your child bearing years and having a family, it gets really difficult because the expectations are that you're just going to be married to your job. Um and you know, one of the things I was really thinking about because you know, my mom is, is just a saint and you know, she um it's highly educated and you know taught journalism for many years, but then really dedicated her life to raising us. And after I got married, you know, I started thinking about, you know, I'm gone for two weeks at a time on business trips. And, you know, who's gonna raise our kids? Like, are we just gonna have full-time help or am I gonna, you know, cut back on hours? And I just like after having such an amazing mom who dedicated everything to making us have a great life. Like, it made me really start to think about how do I set up this next chapter that is supportive of having a family and being family-oriented and not in conflict with it. I mean, I think a big thing, too, is just, like, in my mind, women have different chapters or have a lot of different, like, different chapters, maybe, that men don't have to experience as much. Um, You know, going from you know, daughter to wife to mother. Um and I think, you know, it makes us more introspective too about the different phases of our lives as well.
0: Yeah. And I, I love what you're saying about like you wanted you wanted to like create something that actually allowed you to like like almost blend the two parts of your life instead of like try to fight fight for one or the other like it um like conflicting i think you used that word but yeah where you could again just bring more of your authentic self and and how you wanted to be into your life
1: yeah like it's more like a linear thing you know like now all the puzzle pieces i mean we're still figuring things out but you know i can see this i can see this as like I'm not in as much of a hurry all the time now because I see this as being the next 50 years of my life. It's more about building this life piece by piece um, than it was before. And, you know, because where I was getting to the point in my career before was I couldn't see a 20-year a path anymore. Like, I couldn't see this being the rest of my life anymore. Um, and I think it's mostly because, like, I've been through some, you know, things that have made me really change and made me start to question what I thought I wanted. Um, but now it's about, I like to say, living with more grace, you know, of just taking a slower, more methodical, thoughtful approach to building our lives and building a life that we really want to be living versus the life that we think we should be living.
0: Yeah, I totally see you doing that. You, I mean, that's what you've created for yourself.
1: Well, I mean, it's slow going, and it's it's humbling, you know, um, because, like, I, you know, pe- people do make judgments, or you know, people like to talk. So I can only imagine what some people say about us now. But you know, like in 20 years when we built built something really amazing, you know, I'll be able to look back and say, yeah, this was always the plan. You know, it just takes 20 years to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur or changing careers is that when you change careers or you start a company, like you're starting from ground zero again. It's not like you get to like just slide into, you know, just get to flip the switch and be back in your six-figure
0: bubble. You know, it takes a
1: lot of blood, sweat, and tears to create your new reality. And yeah, I think that's the hardest thing is like I finally realized that, you know, there's not any shortcuts when you when you change things. Like you have to build it brick by brick and you are going to go through all of the mistakes that everyone else makes and you're going to, you know, have to come back On things for a little while, but it's it's temporary. It's not forever, Um, and you just have to build a life that's sustainable for you at that moment. Um, And honestly, though, it's been like the most freeing thing that I've ever has ever happened to me because, like, now if someone asks us to like do some crazy thing with them and it just doesn't fit into our budget, I can just be like. You know, we're really focused on buying a farm and building a company. So, like, no, we can't. You know, hike Kilimanjaro tomorrow with you. (laughs) We, you know, we love to. And it's just kind of nice just to be able to say no and not feel less than because
0: of it. Well, because it sounds like it's it's saying no because you're honoring like something that's important to you. So it's. It's like a choice.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, it's totally a choice because we could be doing it. You know, like if, 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 you know, if we needed to live in a certain neighborhood to feel enough, if we needed to, I don't know, be doing whatever to feel enough, we could be doing it because I could still be working my old job. But like the most amazing thing about this journey is that we have met so many other Farmers and chefs, and like people in this food chain of sustainability that have also left huge careers or huge companies to live a more, um, like back to the earth thoughtful life. Like they've taken over their families' farms, or they, you know, sold their companies or quit their jobs to, to get connected back to the land. And, um, I have. Honestly, like, I'm so thankful of all these new connections we're making locally um, because like they're just incredible, um, thoughtful, um, intelligent people that I am so thankful to have in my life. And if we wouldn't have made these changes, I would never be able to call all these people my friends. Um, and I think, you know, I think more, you know, it's just like the, it was like the next step for me, and it was a lot of, like a lot different stuff like we always cared about eating organic, we always cared about where our proteins came from that we ate, and it's just all about taking like going one more step going one more step and like it, but it does it changes like your whole lives it changes who you're around every day um and it changes how i don't know it just changes everything but like taking that leap. Like, I don't miss really anything about the way our life used to be structured.
0: Yeah, I'm getting the sense that you're, like... I think that the main thing I'm sensing from you, like, with everything you said, is just, like, this comfort and, like, acceptance and, like, ease with yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I think um, it's really interesting because, like, I know, like... And I mean, I think your background's similar, where you kind of like quote unquote like grew up in society, you know, when you grew up as um, you know, like for me, like did all the debutante stuff, like did, you know, spent a lot of time at the country club growing up, like, um and we were I mean, my parents didn't grow up like that and they worked really hard to get where they are, but it's kind of interesting because it's kind of like a group sometimes that you're a part of or you're not a part of. And so I'm really thankful in our new life that we can be a part of it when we have time and want to be a part of it. And I've been able to join some boards locally and get involved in volunteer work. Um, But then, you know, my work life is very different. Like, you know, I'm in the kitchen, I'm, you know, covered in whatever you are that day and it's very different, but, um, you know, it was, I was terrified to not be accepted by people in society anymore by making this career change. And um, I just realized that I don't really, it do, it's not that important to me. Um, but that you still—but you can still be accepted and you can still be yourself. Um, you just have to be confident in yourself that you're enough, with whatever you have to give at that moment and maybe like right now I can't, we can't donate huge amounts of money like we used to, or not huge. I mean, we can't, you know, donate huge dollars like we did before, but we can give our time and our time is maybe even more meaningful right now. Um, and so, in then, and then, you know, 15, 20 years, like we'll be able to do even more, even more than we used to be able to do. Um but we'll be doing it as business owners and in
0: a different capacity. Yeah. I love how you have a long, like, you you know, the long-term perspective and you're seeing this as like not an overnight thing. And it sounds like that allows you to be patient with the process and not get super frustrated when things don't work immediately and like be committed for the long haul.
1: Yes. And I think, um, one being able to see things i think when you find what you're meant to do you see things in a very long term way um even if you don't know exactly what every step of that process will be you can see the end goal you know much clearer than i used to be able to see what my end goal was yeah um, even though i have like no idea exactly
0: what how, it's going to look like yeah, what it's gonna look yeah.
1: Like Um, but, yeah, I think that's important because I think, um, you have to really, like, it's like people say, like, when you find what you're meant to do, like, it's like you're not working anymore, even though you're, like, working your tail off every day, like, it just feels different. It doesn't feel like as much as, like, a struggle of having to do the work. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, and like, like on Saturday last weekend, we catered our first wedding, which was like a huge milestone for us because, you know, almost five years ago we came up with this idea, and fast forward five years, like we're actually catering the first wedding, like when we got married, and we, you know, using all this like local food and family style, like that, and wanted to, that was our goal five years ago. Um, and so, but I mean, and there were things about it that, like, didn't go perfect, and, like, I probably would have beaten myself up about it before, but now it's, like, you count, like, you're catering away for hundred people, like, you're not going to get it absolutely spotless, perfect the first... First time. The first time. Yeah. Um, And having a long-term view, it's, like, okay, like, we're just going to sit down tomorrow and, you know, meet with all the key people that were involved and do a download of what their thoughts were, and then, you know, then we implement it um and there's no beating yourself up about the little things here or there that didn't go exactly the way you wanted to.
0: Yeah, it's like you have an, a mindset of um like a growth mindset.
1: Yes, yeah, I think um 100%. And I think it's really interesting because every day I use all of the skills that I have acquired in what I am doing um and having to like take a step back and think, you know, you're thinking critically every day about what you're building. Um, and so, but there's peace in that, you know, because like you look at family owned businesses or people that have been really successful and it, I mean, it, oh, for the most part, it takes years to, to do anything. Like I, you know, followed, I think in the first year, it was like, Oh, look at what other people are doing on Instagram. And like, we need to work harder so we can get there faster. And then I noticed a pattern that most of these people that I went to college with or, you know, do through other things. Like, it took them a solid, like, five to seven years to really get to the marquee landmark publicity or the great idea that really took them to the next level. And, you know, my sister's a business owner and, you know kind of around her seven year mark she you know was getting really noticed by the local business community where she lives and so like it takes time and that's been the huge the biggest sigh of relief for me because it's like okay we have six more years to get to the first big milestone so there's no purpose driving yourself crazy trying to go full throttle all the time and also like The biggest thing as a small business owner is, like, your energy is the most important asset that you have. And if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not being mindful about your health and wellness and your state of mind, like, nothing can happen. So, you know, because, like, in what we do, like, after the holidays, we had so many parties on the holidays that I was just, like, my tank was empty. And it's like okay we need to you know hire more people offload more responsibilities so that you know we don't need to take a hiatus or a break to get back going again um and so yeah it just totally changed my outlook on kind of every facet of my life
0: yeah it sounds like it but it sounds like um yeah like you're really happy and you're like, like there's a the confidence I,
1: well, I've never worked as hard for the amount of money I make. <laughs> you know, like I mean, you just do, and like, you just have to, like, you know, you have to build it before it like really goes anywhere. But I'm so proud of it because it's something that I have created um, with the help of other people, obviously. And there is like a real satisfaction and peace that comes from people resonating with your vision and. Our whole mantra is about helping families and professionals be healthier and live healthier lives, and have more time to spend with their friends and family and loved ones. Because we're providing the healthy, nutritious, local food for them.
0: So, if, like, if you're not being healthy and doing those things, like, you have to
1: live your own values in order to help other people do the same.
0: Yeah, it's bigger than just providing food. Like you're, you're, you're carrying a message to people.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, I think the thing that I, another like big thing I learned because I mean, I think I've always been like relatively humble, but like starting your own company from the ground up like certainly humbles you even more. And just realizing that you know most of the time, like it's just not about you. Like other people just aren't focused on you, and like. Um like it's taught me to be a better employee if I would ever have to go work for someone else again <laughs> because you see things from the perspective of like what the business owner is trying to accomplish. And um, you know, it's not about the you know, the drama or like and I think that whole sense of like we're all a part of something much larger and we're really each individually like not that important a lot of the time. Um it makes like, letting go of the ego makes everything else so much easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, not taking it personally.
1: Yeah, and like just having a hard, like a tougher backbone. Because, like, I'm really tough most of the time, but then I'm also extremely sensitive. Um, and, like, have, I mean, it was like, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Like, Friday night, we like catered a, a big dinner for like an important group of people, and as we were leaving, Um, you know, like a multi-course dinner. Um, you know, and like, I, it sounds stupid, but I purposefully wear really nice earrings when we cater events or like I wear my watch or my wedding ring or something just to like kind of subtly signal, like I'm the business owner, you know, I'm
0: just as educated as you or just
1: as like professional as you, you know, but we were leaving. And I know that sounds really silly, but for me, it's really important. Um, just for like setting your It's like a branding kind it's, of It's like a like, that we're on the same level like we're all the same here like treat my myself with respect treat me with respect and I'll show you the same but we were leaving this party and this gentleman was outside getting ready to leave also and he you know was very gracious and said thank you it was wonderful real. and then he said something like just stick with it guys I'm sure this isn't like the, what you want to be doing with your lives right now and like but a lot of people, you know, doing catering, like stepping stone to, you know, their future careers and in professional industries, or something like that. And I mean, and I, I mean, I just said it straight up to him, I'm like, you yeah, know, like that's, you know, we appreciate that, but you know, we've actually left corporate jobs, and like, <laughs> so we, we started our own company to. Um, to supply, you know, local and organic food and work with local farmers. like, this is what we're doing, this is our dream job now, and it's, it's a lucky game, because it's just, like, hysterical, but, like, and you just have to laugh, like, um, you know, because, and it's like you can't take yourself too seriously when, you know, like, it's, just, you have to just, like, laugh and keep moving. Yeah. Well,
0: in the, in the thing that, like, to one, uh what it, there's like I think a quote or a saying but like one man's riches is another man's um I don't know.
1: But no, something kind of sentiment. Like and it's really interesting because um, you know, there are obviously like a lot of successful entrepreneurs in fields that um maybe aren't as like quote unquote like professional. And so like I remember locally there's like, a guy who started very successful restaurants and became like extraordinarily successful. And um I mean, this is like when I'm a kid. So like when you're a kid, you're just like fooling about basically everything. And I never really got it because he was sort of like one of the richest guys in Omaha that certain people just never really were nice to him or like never really treated him like he was like an equal. And I think for a long time, he had a big chip on his shoulder about it because you know, he obviously, for lack of a better word, he was more successful than most of these people. Um, but it is, I think I've learned a lot about, you know, just like humanity and the way we treat each other. And, you know, we, um, we hire from, we hire uh, some of our employees from like a workforce training program, you know, people trying to, you know, change careers and support their families and, you know, may have had some, They've had something dicey in their past. May have not had dicey, but like are doing things to better their lives, and it is like the most meaningful thing that I could do because um, they're like our best employees and like most responsible employees, and like you know, ta- like Like the, 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 there's like this commercial like from a college of like you know talents dispersed evenly, but like opportunity isn't, and it is the most true thing. In the world, because, um, like I have met some of like the most talented, hardworking, like special, amazing people in my new career path that just were not born with the same luxuries as, you know, as us. And like, and it's just we're all the same. And I Mm -hmm. think, um, and so it's just nice to like live a life where, I get to meet such special amazing people and like have them on our team and like help them like live, like create better lives for their families too. So I wouldn't have gotten to do that in the same capacity as I am now, you know, because like volunteering and raising money and like being involved in charity is something I'm super passionate about and will always do. But like actually being able to like be involved with people like on a daily basis is like a hundred times more gratifying for me.
0: Yeah. You're connecting with people that you probably wouldn't have connected with if you had stayed, you know, on your path. And it's, it sounds like you've really created like a a deep sense of community.
1: I, I think like a true sense of community. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I just think like I've been, I'm very fortunate that I like had, you know, without the financial crisis, like without, you know, acquisitions and mergers and stuff like that, like I would have stayed on the same path and my life would look different. Um, and I'm so thankful that those things happened because I just, how I measure life now is so different and it's so much better.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's more enriching, like fuller.
1: Yeah, I just feel like I'm. I feel like I'm having a much richer human experience now, and like a more like a more honest human experience. And then, like when, like a friend of mine was an attorney, and then he became he, he like put his job to start restaurants in Austin and has become very successful. And there was, like, an article that he was quoted, like, you know, like, straight out of, like, straight out of undergrad law school. Like, I was working a law for like, making six figures, and, like, I had no idea, like, when I quit to start a restaurant, like, how long it would take to get back to where I kind of was and then, you know, exceed that. But, like, the gratification and, like, the the sense of, like, Accomplishment that you get from like realizing like when it's when it's a harder process, that like, you really are so much more thankful when like the success does come, um, versus like kind of having like an easier success, um, in our like former jobs, I guess. And like now that I'm living that life, um, I totally get what he was saying because like down the road when we are really successful, like it will be so much more meaningful than um kind of you know making money in an easier way in my prior life
0: yeah because you it's like your blood sweat and tears went into into it
1: yes certainly all three of those things but i mean i think like with everyone's career like career transition like i think it's not really about each of our stories but it's just more about um you know, whatever it is that's important to you, just like yeah. be, being honest and upfront about like what are the five things that you need in your life, and like they can be uh, they can be altruistic things, they can be selfish things, they they can be whatever. But like just being honest about what you need to be fulfilled um, in terms of love, in terms of money, in terms of community, in terms of family, in terms of friends, in terms of whatever. Like, I think, like, whatever those things are, it doesn't matter, but they're important to you, and, like, you just need to find a path that allows you to prioritize those
0: things. Yeah, I love I love what you're saying, because it's not just about, like, working hard and the blood, sweat, and tears, but it's, like, working hard towards um, something that's really meaningful to you.
1: Yes, and it doesn't matter, like, and I think – um I think that's like something i really learned because like when I was getting to like the place of wanting to like make a change and you know like you look around and you're like, Okay, the people that I'm around like for like in this moment, like they're they're gonna go 130% because like this is truly what they want. I was getting to a point where I mean I was still giving 120%, but I was like, This isn't sustainable because this isn't what I meant to be doing anymore. Um, and I mean, I had to, like, I mean, like, I, you know, that was career coaches and, like, you know, a therapist and, like, it took, I mean, it wasn't just, like, I, it took a lot of work and self-reflection to, like, realize those things. Um, and create, like, an actual plan for how to implement them. Um, so it took probably, like, three or four years before I quit my job to, like, actually make the leap. Um, but, like, and I, it's okay for your priorities to change too, but like I just knew what my kind of five things were, and that I needed to make some big changes to like prior prioritize them,
0: yeah, I love that like you you realized you did the work to realize what was most important, and then kind of planned it out and um made a transition to really honor what was most important to you,
1: yeah. I mean- I mean there's been ugly moments like i didn't execute everything in this transition flawlessly um you know and i I, but i think that's okay you know because like sometimes like working for me to like work through some stuff uh, of like what was important to me like i didn't even know what was important to me like i had to like you know really like think about it um and so I think, like, it doesn't have to be pretty all the time for it to be, you know, pretty in the long run.
0: Yeah, and it's, it sounds like it's an evolution. Like, you, start, you started somewhere, you had a vague idea, and you followed that, and then you've gotten more clarity as you've gone along of, like, what really does matter to you.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, the farther now, like, now being in a place of being more self-confident about the new path that I'm on, has allowed me to get much more, you know, detailed and in depth about this And so, I think, um, I don't know, like, like when I have, when we have children, like, like I'm literally gonna like hammer it into them of like, I don't care what you want to be, but like, let's figure it out, like, what you're meant to. Be what you were put on this earth to do because like it doesn't matter what it is like if you're doing what you were born to do then you can be successful doing it um like versus the like we want my we want our children to be like you know a doctor lawyer engineer technology
0: right right i love that and yeah you're going to be a great you guys are going to be great parents i already get that sense from <laughs> well, I, you
1: well, I mean, that was like another thing. Like I, like in my former life, like financially, I, I was very capable of raising children, but I never had the confidence that I was, had that I was equipped to like be a parent. Um, but like now with all the changes that we've made and like the way that we're living, like you really have to have fortitude to work your own path. And I'm like, yeah, like, give us five kids tomorrow. Like, we'd be, it it would work. It would be fine, you know, like, because it's not, it's not perfect. Like, every parent makes mistakes. Like, no one knows what they're doing. And my sister always says, like, you know, no one really knows what they're doing all the time. (laughs) Like, you just have to make decisions and, like, you know, make the best informed decisions that you can make. Um and I think sometimes in the past, I was operating from, like, a state of paralysis almost because I was so afraid to make the wrong decision or how my decisions would be perceived or whatever, that it caused a lot of anxiety and, like, unnecessary stress. Um, and I think letting go of that's really important because now it's like, okay, yes, I have moments of what am I doing with my life or, like, what on earth did I do changing into like a new path but I don't have those like paralysis moments of being like unable to function because of fear of making the wrong decision
0: yeah you've let go of a layer that that was holding you back
1: yeah and I think I I mean I wish people would have told me that a long time ago because I know I never had anyone saying like no one really cares what decisions you're making and it's all going to be fine
0: (laughs) Well, now you get to share that with, with your kids.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: And others that you, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many other people I know will benefit from your story and your journey and the listeners um, of this podcast. I'm sure they will as as well. And there's one final, qu- well, two questions. One final question about kind of this, that of what we're talking about, is how would you define success today?
1: Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the biggest thing is just like wanting to get out of bed every morning and like not not being, um like not not wanting to go to work. You know, wanting to get up and like live the life that you've built for yourself I think is one thing. Um, and then, I mean, I think the other is Just like living your own values and, you know, living a sustainable life, um, being very intentional about it and doing things that eventually like leave the earth in a better place than, you know, it was when we got here Um, and like living a life where it's less about yourself and more about what you're doing for others.
0: Yeah, contribution is what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, I think, like, what your contributions to society are is, is really important. And, like, not being... And being vocal. Like, um, change only happens when you're act, an active participant in it. Um, and so, like, it's really getting involved in pursuing things that matter to you. Um, and I think like one thing that like makes me really happy and makes me feel successful is like every day now, like with the people we hire, with like the clients we're serving, with the farm, sorry, with the farmers we're supporting, like I feel like I'm making a contribution in an environment that oftentimes like politically now, some days I'm like, oh, I can be so paralyzed by feeling out of like feeling like I'm not doing anything to like change things. So by like creating and building a company that I feel like we're doing as much, we're doing as much positively every day that I think we can, that we're playing a small part and, you know, doing what's right for the planet.
0: Yeah, you're, you're doing something to make the kind of impact that you want or create the kind of impact that you want instead of just sitting on the sidelines and complaining or, Saying that people should do it differently, you're actually getting out there and trying to to do something,
1: yeah, I think I don't know, I mean, i like who knows like where things will go from, where they are, but I think like being vocal, being active, like feeling like you have a voice that you can express is something that and like not just sitting by the sidelines and like not feeling like you're Empowered to make the world a better place. Like, I think it's really important. So, um, like, you know, we're, we're all learning and growing and adapting like every day. And like, I, I don't know. I just think like being curious and feeling like you're still learning and that you're really excited to like keep learning in the field that you're in, um, is the most important thing. Cause like, I was at a point where I was feeling stagnant. And I'm a person that loves to learn and loves to explore and loves to um, be curious. And so I feel like I am curious about what I'm doing every day. And so that really is a motivating factor.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's great. Um, a great offering to people to consider. And um, the, I think the other thing was how can people find
1: you? Um, so, the name, okay, so my initials are M J E R. And so it looks like major, if you will. And so our company is Major Help, M J E R Help. So we have our website, majorhelp.com. Our Instagram and Facebook are also just M J E R Help. Okay, perfect.
0: So check her, check Michelle and Tony out on M J E R com, and then social media. And the last question is, what, what hike are you doing this year?
1: Um, so this year, we're doing something even stupider or crazier. <laughs> um, we're training. So there's um, an organization called Chef Cycle, and it's affiliated with Milk Kid Hungry. Um, and so we're, uh, in September, we're doing, it's three days, 100-mile-a-day biking.
0: In Virginia
1: to raise money for No Kid Hungry. Oh wow! So we have yeah, so it's like a bunch of chefs that are health oriented or health minded um, that want to do something, you know, physical that promotes health and wellness, and then raises money for a very important cause.
0: And you said when is that? The summer? Um, it's it's the it's the
1: end of September. So okay. we'll be in Charlottesville, Virginia um with stress cycle. So we're like pushing back our, you know, anniversary from July to September, I guess, this year. But we'll be um climbing mountains on our bikes <laughs> hiking them on our feet. So um I guess it's similar enough.
0: So yeah, that sounds like a great um activity to share together. I'm sure you'll be challenged by it and you're also supporting a great cause. So i'm i'm sure you'll feel good about that
1: yes i'm like hopefully like, luckily there's a lot more hills where we live now than in chicago so we'll be able to at least do some training <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah no we're really excited about it well
0: actually the first person i interviewed his name's phil guyman and he is a retired uh professional bike racer he oh. rode for garmin chipotle and rode in the tour and he lives in California now, and I actually am not recalling exactly what he said, but he, it sounds like he's doing something, like facilitating something similar to what you're doing, because he works with a lot of chefs in the Los Angeles area. And well, he's probably
1: doing the one in May. So, like, in May, there's a chef cycle in Napa, like Napa, basically. Um, okay. For three days, and then in September, they're doing the one in Virginia. And we originally were going to do the one in California, but then, like, spring's gotten super crazy with all these events we're doing, and so we couldn't um, do the one in May. So we're doing the one in September now. So you should totally ask him if he is doing Chef Cycle. Because, like, the one in California is bigger because, like, I don't know, California chefs are more into, like, the whole health and wellness component. Or like are leading the forefront of like the whole health, you know, plant based revolution, Um, and so like a lot of big name chefs in the Bay Area and LA do this chef cycle in California.
0: Yeah, I bet it's the same thing.
1: Yeah, that's probably probably cool. Yeah, like there, if if you see his pictures or whatever, and it's like orange jerseys, like the jerseys are orange with like white writing across the front of them, um, because No Kid Hungry's logo is like the apple and it's orange. Oh, that's
0: awesome! Yeah, it's cool. a small little world. I know because <laughs> I remember him saying that organization that he was doing a bunch of stuff to support it, and then you're mentioning it, mentioning it. So I'm like, oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, no, that's, and, and like um, you'll have to like, connect the two of us then because um, it's like always fun to meet people in this community, and they have um, like any, like I, I mean, anyone who's like in the culinary world or like affiliated can do it. So like we're going to do it this year and the next year we want to get a team of people in Omaha to do the ride because you can ride as a team, not just as individuals.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely connect you guys. Cause who knows what, yeah, what you might be able to partner on together.
1: Well, I'm like, I think that's like the thing that's like, maybe that's like the biggest takeaway of like defining success is like, you know, when you, like, do what you want to be doing, then you, like, get connected to the people that you want to be hanging out with, and like, I don't get annoyed, I mean, yeah, I get annoyed by people sometimes, but, like, I'm so pumped about the people I get to spend my days with now, all the time, and they're, like, not only my employees or coworkers, but they're, like, literally my friends and family now, Um, and, like, when you do what you're meant to do, you end up naturally attracting the people that you should be hanging out with anyways.
0: Yeah, and it's like it's like you're vibrating at a different um, vibration that, yeah, yeah frequency that the, the people that don't align with that, it's like they just aren't interested. Well,
1: I mean, like we all, like, I think, you know, growing up and whatever, like, there's people that you want to hang out with and then there's people that you, like, naturally just kind of are around and I think like the more you just do the things that you want to do even if they're not like cool or popular or whatever like you end up being surrounded by the people you should be surrounded by. I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah you attract you attract people that can meet you at your frequency.
1: Exactly so this biking dude seems like a cool person on the right frequency so.
0: Yeah he's awesome his story is really cool he actually just to give you a brief, um, uh, synopsis of it, but he started riding bikes when he was in college cause he was just sitting on the couch playing video games, like overweight. And it ended up like taking off and he pursued professional cycling. And now he has found a way to get paid to ride his bike, which is what he loves to do. And his story is really inspiring
1: oh, that's awesome. And I mean, like, that's so cool because like I always love to cook and we always do dinner parties and like it's always like I was always planning the dinners when we would travel for work and stuff. And so like, you know, maybe you're not going to make the same amount of money that you could make doing other things. But like being able to make your hobby your like day job is just it is amazing because it feels like you're not working.
0: Yeah. Even if you have to make some sacrifices, it's like, um, he's found a way to make it work for him. And it's just really inspiring. Uh, like you, like you have done, it's not, you're not saying it's easy and, you know, pain-free and like everything falls into place, but, um, you're making it happen. And yeah, I'm just really happy for you guys.
1: Thanks. And I'm happy for you too, because, Like, you know, we met hiking on the trail and then I connected to someone I knew from school and... Who I still keep in... I talked to her last month. Yeah. And she like emailed me randomly, like right like around the time that you emailed me and then I get to talk to you again. So it's just, you know, it's like that whole ecosystem of like when you put good stuff out there and you're doing what you're meant to do, like you get to keep crossing paths with other people doing amazing things too.
0: Yeah. And then it just feels like this fuels me and keeps me going on the path. And it just, yeah, we, we all get to support each other and moving forward.
1: Yeah. So like, I can't wait to like touch base again in a year or two and like see what we're up to then. I know. Maybe we'll go on another Maybe hiking the- excursion. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my mom, my mom did
0: climb Mount Kilimanjaro. She, she did Machu Picchu and Mount Kilimanjaro last year. Your mom's a machine. I know she's, and we're, we're going to Patagonia at the end of this year.
1: Oh my God. That's amazing. That's like a big trip. I yeah. know
0: we're really excited.
1: Well, it's really funny because I wear Patagonia hats when I'm cooking. And so random people will be like, Oh, Patagonia, is that your company? And I was like, I wish. <laughs> but, so like with our, like what we've realized is like, things get nuts through the end of the year. And then like February and March are kind of dead in like food and hospitality So we want to be able to do like a month trip once a year. So we like the Patagonia is like cross fingers is one of the next big ones on our list.
0: Well, yeah, definitely reach out to me if you do decide to do it because we're going over like Christmas, New Year's.
1: Oh, fine. So it'll Um, be summer there
0: yeah so we'll be we'll be back like early january and i can share any learnings we have from the experience with you yeah no i love that
1: um we'll go, okay. wait.
0: are we good yeah about- we're good thank you so much for your time and yeah um i will touch base with you once i get it closer to launching okay sounds okay good. awesome right. have a good day you do. bye okay bye okay that's it for today's episode Thank you for listening to Coaching with Catherine. If you like this podcast, please show us your support by leaving a review in iTunes or Google Play. It helps us so much and helps others to find the show. You can also visit me at www.coachingwithcatherine, spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, dot com, or on Facebook to learn more about me and the work I do. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.